0: Welcome to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined, and dedicated to silencing the chatter about what women should and shouldn't be doing as they age. Here to bring you stories about women in their 70s, 80s, and 90s, women who are leading inspiring lives that make a difference to themselves and others, are Catherine Marino
1: and Gail Zalitsky. Hello, I'm Gail. Hello, I'm Catherine.
0: We're delighted to welcome you to today's episode of Women Over 70. As you know by now, our signature is featuring women in their 70s, 80s, and 90s who are leading lives that illustrate inspiring ways to learn, contribute, and make a difference as we age. The 30-minute conversation with our guest is not scripted or rehearsed, although we will focus on several themes that we've agreed upon in advance.
1: We are thrilled to have a conversation today with Carol Bruslin. Longtime activist for women and children's rights. Carol was referred to us by Stan Gerson, a dear friend of mine. Both Carol, who is 91, and Stan, who is 93, live in the Mather in Evanston. So, Carol, welcome to Women Over 70. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you. Let's start by Uh, Perhaps you could tell our listeners what the Mather is and what made you decide to move here.
2: The Mather is one of many senior centers around Chicago. There are more and more seniors needing these services. And the Mather uh, happens to be in an ideal location in Evanston, near the lake and near Northwestern and uh, there are two buildings with people who are engaged in many activities right here at the Mather as well as having access to all the activities at Northwestern. How long have you lived here? Uh, I I think it was three years
1: in May. Okay, great. So uh, you've had a long and illustrious career and it's very interesting to me how active you still are and We know that our listeners will be fascinated by the work that you continue to do. Would you like to give us just a little background information about you? I know you were in journalism. Okay. Well, I graduated with a
2: degree in journalism from the Medill School of Journalism at Northwestern in 1950. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. and went back to Shorewood, a suburb of Milwaukee, where my first job was on a weekly newspaper. And it would be difficult in Milwaukee to commute, but I managed, I think I took two buses and a trolley car to get to the suburb, which was on the opposite end of Milwaukee where mm-hmm. I lived. But I really wanted a job on a, a daily newspaper and saw an ad for a job opening in Nina, Wisconsin. Nina, at that time, was one of the wealthiest communities in the country because they had the paper industry, which people felt would always be products that people would need. Uh, However, many years after I left, they all moved to Texas. So (laughs) (laughs) that is no longer one of the wealthiest Mm -hmm. towns. But there, I was a reporter photographer. I had a speed graphic camera where you take the back of it out and you take the picture and then you put it back and then you go to the lab and you develop the and print the picture. And then that is what mm. you hand to the people who use in the newspaper. Wow. <laughs> so that was very hands on. Yes. And then after that, I met my husband on a blind date in Chicago uh, through a friend from Northwestern and uh, moved back to Milwaukee, and then got married and moved to Chicago, and had different jobs in public relations. I represented South Center Department Store, where we uh, had a guest uh, who turned out to be Minnie Minoso, and this man (laughs) took me to Minnie Minoso's, and he was, I will never forget, in in a bed with a white sheet over him. Oh my. And we signed him up and he was part of that promotion. <laughs> where was the Southside department store? I think uh, six, well, all those stores that are, all those streets, 70, 60 something or 40 something, 40 okay. something south. Yes. Is where they It's they probably not were. there anymore. I, I'm sure it isn't. And then after that, when I, after I got married, uh, oh, should I go on? Please do tell <laughs> us more. Uh, then, uh, when my youngest was in uh, kindergarten, I got a job uh, and doing a publication for a General Binding Corporation, the the internal house organ is what they're called. But I came back and and so that I my daughter could be there for lunch. I went back and forth. I lived in Highland Park. This was in Northbrook, and I commuted back and forth so that she in no way had anything less than her brother and sister had had just because I was working. Mm -hmm. And then, let's see, What after that was, uh, did I write this
1: down? You did um, public relations for the Music Center. Oh, right. Yes,
2: that was wonderful. That was very, very interesting. That place is still there in Winnetka on Green Bay Road. Yes. And uh, learned a lot about music at that point. The Music Center of the North Shore. Correct. Mm -hmm. Correct. And then Somewhere along there, I can't remember exactly. I worked for the National Organization for Women as the press secretary for the Equal Rights Amendment, which of course was extremely interesting. So, so when were you doing that? When was the Equal Rights Amendment? <laughs> in uh, the 70s? I'm trying to think of where they seek. Sequ- was the sequ- this early on
1: in the, in the? Yes, well,
2: it was when they were trying to get an Equal Rights mm-hmm. Amendment, which interestingly yes, enough, yes. they passed. Yeah. Finally, Illinois finally passed it
0: I don't know I, I, I really don't know when it was at least th- about 30 years ago, oh I think so more, yes you know?
2: absolutely um, well, anyway that was uh, very interesting well,
0: what what drew you to that how
2: did you get involved with, with the National
0: well I was well
2: I w- I heard that there was a that they had an opening because the uh, one of the publications the with the paper industry that Uh, Stopped being published and so I was looking for a job Mm. and I think I must have seen an ad that the National Organization for Women was looking for a press secretary Mm. Mm. and then but their big job was to uh, get the Equal Rights Amendment passed which uh, was interesting because Governor Thompson was willing to pass it but the his lieutenant governor who then ended up in jail I was that was kind of an interesting twist <laughs> was against it and that's why Illinois did not pass I the see. Equal Rights Amendment which I say they did years later. Mm-hmm. Uh, years and, later. Right and then I was an editor for national racquetball which was a, pro- a popular mm-hmm. uh, sport. Have you either? Or new, it, oh you've played it. Mm, no, yeah it's a very good sport and um, that was fun because I went to a lot of tournaments and that sort of mm. thing. So with paper trade journal, which was in there somewhere, I went to um, a newspaper where newspapers where newsprint was being made. Uh, paper mills mm. is what I covered on that beat. So mm. um, anyway, <laughs> it goes on and on. So
1: you, you had uh, three children while you were working? Right, yes. Right. Well, as I
2: say, the, the, per, the first the, by the time I yeah they were in high school, I think at the point when I took the, the first job out of my home. Mm-hmm. But the youngest was in kindergarten, and as I say, she would come home for lunch, and I would come home, and, and you'd go, go back to, and forth. Right,
1: right. And and so when did you become interested in uh, children's affairs? And well, when I worked for the
2: ounce of prevention fund my beat was all of the agencies that they sponsored at that time. Mm -hmm. There were some on the west side of Chicago, there were uh, some in in, uh, various places in Illinois, and as I saw how interesting it was working with children, I thought it would be fun to start doing something rather than covering and writing about something. So that was what made the switch, really. Uh
1: And and, um, then you did something with early childhood. Right, Uh, right. Well, then I got the
2: master's degree in early childhood education.
1: Uh, I think you said you wanted to do that so you would know more about the work that you were doing. Right, and then also,
2: after having done that, I decided I really wanted to actually do it rather than just write about it. So I became an early childhood educator for Family Network, which was uh, a place in Highland Park where families could drop in. These were not working mothers. These were the opposite. These were stay-at-home mothers who wanted the company of Mm -hmm. other young mothers at the same time that their children could be playing with other children. children. Mm -hmm. And so I was uh, one of the teachers at Mm -hmm. Family Network and that was was wonderful.
1: Wow. So you stayed in Highland Park all those years? Right. I was in my house for 59 years (laughs) uh, and
2: uh, and then, as they getting involved with the Helen Park Highwood Home Child Care Association, I also uh, did newsletters for them and, and publicized our work so that encouraging people to use uh, home child care, but it was licensed so they knew that the quality was good. Right. Did people pay for that service or was this uh, a no, they didn't pay for our service. They paid the person they, who was the, who yeah. offering mm-hmm. the home child care. Yeah, but
0: not the service. Correct. Not
2: the Correct. Correct. We had one paid coordinator for the whole thing, I see. and then mm-hmm. I worked with her.
1: Mm-hmm. You told us that you did a lot of travel when you were younger.
2: Right, right. Well, my husband and I uh, traveled and all over Europe by car and bicycle. Bicycle. <laughs> yes, we were, uh, we did bicycle trips in New England, France, and Italy, mm. uh, and we did a lot of bicycle. We From Highland Park, we would bicycle along the lake all the way to the south side of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you were a serious enthusiast. Right, right. And I bicycled to the grocery store. You know, I had a basket on the back of my mm-hmm. bicycle, which I used. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that was, I like to feel that I was accomplishing something while I was exercising. How long did you continue to ride? (laughs) Until, weirdly enough, I mean, this is just a weird thing, that shortly after my husband died, for some reason, after bicycling so much with him, uh, I was bicycling by myself and I had a little fall, and then I found it very difficult to get back on my bicycle uh,
1: physically or emotionally? Oh,
2: totally psychological. Yes. Right, (laughs) completely. I would get on and I would pedal once and I couldn't do it anymore. I'm Uh sure that somebody would be able to analyze why all that happened. So that's when I, but since then I've done a lot of walking. Mm -hmm. And here at the Mather, I, every day I walk over to the lake which is a fabulous thing for people who are in a senior center like this where the population is all the same. When you walk over to the lake in Evanston here, you see absolutely every age, every language, Mm -hmm. every color, every ethnicity. It's a very important part of my life to be over there at the lake every day. Mm -hmm. So for our listeners who don't know Chicago, the lake is Lake Michigan. What did I
0: say? No, you just said the lake. Oh, uh, oh, so oh 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 I see that's what you're how we all know it, know
2: right? That's yes. right? Michigan. Right. Yes. But of course is is there
1: another lake available? <laughs> no, oh no, it's the lake. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So you walk every day, that's great exercise.
2: Right. And it psychologically that is a critical part of my life. And then another thing that's interesting when when walking over to Lake Michigan (laughs) is that the Northwestern campus is there. And very often you see groups of uh, families who are there with the uh, first, the guide, Uh, the student guide, uh, who's explaining all of that. And it just It means so much to me when I remember that I had been a student there as I look at them and I think these are the potentials who are going to be doing the the same thing and I hope they have as wonderful an experience as I did. My first image of
0: Chicago was uh, right here at the Northwestern campus and I thought that was all, I thought that's what Chicago was. (laughs) And then I was, when I moved here, I didn't, uh, I thought I would buy a brownstone there. Well, yes, then I had a reality check. But <laughs> Oh yes, that's
1: very expensive property. <laughs> yeah, it's just
0: beautiful around here. Yeah, oh, it is <laughs> it's
2: absolutely
1: yes. I used to ride my bike Oh you did from Skokie Evanston all the way down to the lake. And Oh, then so what did
2: you what route did you
1: use? You were on streets. down Church Street. Oh. All the way, uh-huh. and, and you found that perfectly safe. Perfectly because, safe. Oh, that's good. <laughs> you enjoyed here. it very much, right? And then along the lakefront mm-hmm. and into the northwestern campus. Okay, well then you know I what, can what I'm talking about. Like it's about. yesterday. Yes, yeah. I miss bike riding. And actually. then also
2: walking into Evanston is fun because of the variety of people in Evanston. I had lived in Highland Park, and now you know uh, there's such a an ethnic mix mm-hmm. right on Davis Street. Yes just happens uh, to walk two blocks away, and there's a total mm-hmm. mixture of, of uh, ages, mm-hmm. colors, languages
1: <laughs> right so let me ask you you um you obviously have a very, very positive outlook on life thank you, and to look at you, our listeners can't see you, but they will be able to see a picture of you. <laughs> Are, to look at you, nobody would believe that you are 91 years old. So it's walking, it's socializing with people, or seeing people, mm-hmm. and socializing, I guess, here at the Mather. And w- what else do you, con- to, do you well,
2: I th- feel? Well, I think the most important thing is, is it, this is very corny and obvious, but to have your mind on something other than yourself. It can be other people. And the Mather gives you wonderful opportunities. You, you become friendly with someone, and then they have a problem, and and you're there to, to help them.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, or it could be other things like books. There, I mean, like everywhere, there are all kinds of book groups that you can get involved in. Or it could be uh, political issues. It, it's fun at the Mather, there are, there are people... Uh, there are some people who've been very active in politics over the years and so you see them in the elevator and you talk about who you're which even right now which which, of the political candidates they're uh, you know they're supporting so I I think the whole thing is it just you 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 absolutely cannot think about yourself which is easy enough to say if you have good health which is a matter of luck Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, So far, I, you know, I haven't had to focus, put the focus on myself. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also, I think it's important to feel that you can do things by yourself, that you don't have to have a whole load of people around you at all times, Uh, that sometimes you can bring your dinner up to your apartment or go out Mm -hmm. on the patio by yourself. Uh, I mean, I think socializing is important but it, i to me it, it
1: it isn't the number one uh-huh. priority okay. so what are some of the things that you do now to fill your days well the, the most the thing
2: that takes most of my time is a, a foundation it's called the trillium foundation and my husband who was a lawyer lived on our well, the street that we lived on. There was a woman who had grown up on that same street, never married, uh, and she uh, asked him to make a will for her. Well, he found that she had a, a lot of money, lot of a lot of million dollars, huh? <laughs> and. Uh, So then so he formed the foundation, and um, I don't know what the trillium flower looks like. It's a white flower in in wooded areas. The front of her house was a complete mass of trillium, and so we called the foundation the Trillium Foundation, Mm -hmm. and my husband uh, ran it. With the help of his secretary, he had all kinds of assistance. And when he died, he asked me to be the executive director of it, which I am. The only thing in my case is that I do what the secretary did plus
1: plus Mm. what he
2: did. So right now, as a matter of fact, we've been putting out requests for proposals, and I've been working hard with a whole all the different people. Money is given to the Botanic Garden mm-hmm. for a program that brings children from the city into the garden all summer so that they will go into careers in science. Mm-hmm. Money goes to the Ravinia Festival to, uh, uh, in, in, enables Chicago schools to have a music program that they wouldn 't have ordinarily and and money goes to local organizations, nursery schools and and that sort of thing so right now i is the, the busy time i 've just mm. sent out requests for proposals, and that takes a lot of time and that i think is is very important uh, because that 's completely away from. The focus is totally off of myself mm-hmm. when I'm working on this Trillium Foundation. And again, I think that is the, the secret of, of aging well,
1: mm-hmm.
2: not thinking of, about yourself. Very much. And, and this foundation—do you have a, a board or people? Who yes, then, yes. Uh, the same board yeah, that my mm-hmm. husband formed. Exactly. And our meeting is in December, and that's one of the things that. Thank you for reminding me. Uh, I had to reserve space here at the Mather, mm. uh, and then I. There's a financial. Of course, the people who invest in our invest for mm-hmm. us. I had to get them to come. It's complicated, mm-hmm. and when my husband did it, of course, he had a secretary. Yeah. <laughs> It wouldn't occur to me. I grew, I grew up in Milwaukee during the Depression.
0: <laughs> that frugal side of you. Right, right.
1: <laughs> well, your husband was, uh, it sounds like he was quite a man in his own right. Yes,
2: well, he was, uh, 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 did a lot of, he was a trial lawyer, which was fun hearing all about what he had done. In fact, he had one case that went up before the Illinois Supreme Court that he won, which is in some which is recorded somewhere. Uh, and uh, and then he became a, a Highland Park City Councilman, which was very, very interesting uh, in those. I guess it's always interesting. In those, yes. <laughs> yes. And, and he was still acting as a lawyer while you were. Oh, acting, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he was. Yeah, they all do. Yeah. They meet, yeah. I don't know, once a month or every other week, as they do in every community. But becoming active in the community that you live in I think is another way of putting the focus outside of yourself, mm-hmm. uh, which he was very good at. and then as say, we, we bicycled, we took many of these wonderful bicycle trips and traveled to Europe by car. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have a lot of very positive memories of my marriage.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That's nice. How long were you married? Uh, 50, well, I lived in Highland Park 50, it was over, Oh, sixty-one 61 years. Really? I'm trying to remember at one, one stage yeah. we moved to Highland Park.
1: Yes, that's great. That's yeah. Well, so our listeners I know are very interested in everything that you have to say, you're what what can you tell them about you you've already i think told us <laughs> that that becoming active and not focusing on yourself is the way to enjoy life as as you age what what other things can you suggest to our listeners
2: well i think being open for new experiences is very important that would include mm-hmm. being open for new friends which mm-hmm. is something that you can do in a place like the Mather or any other senior center.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, one of the most interesting is when you sit down for dinner and everybody talks about their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren. And, uh, again, uh, being interested in other people and other kinds of activities, I'd say, is, is the absolute. And then, you know, if you're fortunate, and that's just luck, your health.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. I mean, and I know people who can't do that because they
1: have to focus on, you know, feeling better. Mm-hmm. They have no control over that. It also sounds as if you have thought about your health your entire life, that you have done activities that further your well-being.
2: Yeah, that's probably true, and probably I was lucky enough to be able to do that. Yes. I'm, I'm very aware of the fact that so much of that is, is luck, and I have been fortunate enough to be able to be well enough to pursue all these, these different things. Oh, and the skiing. Did I tell you about all the skiing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You didn't about skiing. No, about us. No, tell us. So we did that with our children. We would, And that was fun. We would take the train to uh, Denver mm-hmm. and then rent a car and uh and then we even then skied with grandchildren Um, skiing was not my husband's favorite sport but he was a very good sport and went along when our daughter was at the sorbonne one year we took the whole family and we skied in europe (laughs) uh, which you know was a wonderful memories for everybody so i think that the key simply is to focus outward uh, and uh, and take care of yourself so your health is good enough so that you can pursue all the interests
1: do you have grandchildren
2: yes how Um, many well we have like three children and five grandchildren the oldest uh, is actually living in seattle Uh, he got a job with microsoft which was Mm. very nice he was always very smart (laughs) and then the next one also lives in in seattle and she's a his sister, she's a yoga teacher, among other things. And then the next one has two daughters. One is a CPA with Price Waterhouse, which is amusing to me because I was always terrible in math. Mm-hmm. And she came to visit me with her notebook, with her iPad, and doing all these things with all the other people on her team. Mm-hmm. That fascinated mm-hmm. me, the The era that we're living in now. And then her sister is at... Uh, is a microbiologist or just a plain biologist. anyway, she's a scientist mm-hmm. <laughs> and has had a, uh, uh, has been working for BP in the summer while she finishes college. So does that take care of them? And then the next one, yeah, the next one is only seven. And well, what does what he accomplish? Well, he sleeps. He sleeps over. He does oh, sleepovers. Good. That's a good thing.
1: <laughs> you. So you. Another thing that you do that is not always common is you've stayed up with technology you use an iPhone you you have a computer in your house
2: right well i think that's crucial if you want to be part of of the world the way it is yes
1: yes it is and and it's a mindset that not everybody shares as they age that's true
2: well, well and another thing that was uh, i uh, I don't travel that much but I did go to Japan uh, several months ago and I took a lot of pictures and the fun of it is having it on the iPhone I can sit down with people and show them my trip now that's something you couldn't mm-hmm. do right. 5 years ago or or I mean that it's that's just fabulous so you went to
0: Japan a few months ago
2: yeah in May actually about a year ago it was May, May 10th to 20 no I just by yourself well, I was with uh, National Trust Tours, but I didn't go with anybody. Oh, okay. I flew by myself from Chicago to Tokyo mm-hmm. successfully. Hope to go, yes. <laughs> That's good. And, uh, and then when I was there, I was by myself, but everybody, I mean, it was a very congenial, small mm-hmm. congenial group. But I, I walked around in some of these cities mm-hmm. on my own have you done that before? Know, traveled alone, I mean, no, part of a group? But, no, oh, no, okay. my husband and I always okay. traveled alone, and then I had gone to Croatia with a friend on a, a Rhodes Scholar tour, which was very nice. This was the first one I did on my own, but mm-hmm. I found it was fine. This, this travel group was excellent, and they had very good guides. And It's interesting. One of our other guests, Cheryl, um, is leaving for China
0: a few days. Okay. And she's traveling on her own. I mean she's she's part of a group, but
2: she's going by herself. Okay.
1: She's going to have mm -hmm, the same experience, mm -hmm. I'm sure. Yeah.
2: People are are very nice about including single Mm -hmm. women. Mm -hmm. I think single men do it on occasion too. But uh, I I had huge with this particular travel group I had huge rooms with huge windows. And I was thinking, and here I am. (laughs) It was super pampered, but I managed. (laughs) That's
0: wonderful. That's inspiring to me.
1: Yes, it is very inspiring. And you are inspiring, Carol. And we are just so happy that you agreed to have this conversation with us. Well, thank you very much for coming and seeing me. It's been fun reminiscing. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's been fun just to see the matter. I've been hearing about it for such a long time.
2: Yes. So thank
0: you for joining us today. Our weekly Wednesday podcast is only as valuable as you, our listeners, find it. So please subscribe, and rate, give us a review, uh, re- and watch it wherever you, wherever you listen. Please share your thoughts on the show, add to the conversation, provide feedback, and become an active participant in our Facebook community, Women Over 70. Invite your younger friends, your family, colleagues to join in. Our goal is to create an intergenerational conversation. And if you know a woman over 70 who would be a great guest, please recommend her to us. See you on Facebook and next week's podcast on Women Over 70. Aging Reimagined. Thank you for listening to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined. If you like what you've heard today, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. In what ways are you shattering the myth that women over 70 are no longer relevant or visible? How are you celebrating aging? Join with us. Make your voice heard. Find us at womenover70.com.